Welcome to CRT Sound System. Uh, we've got episode 32 this week, and it's Fury. Um, Reese, how are you? I'm doing great. And may I just say, Tom, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was my 40th birthday yesterday. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I did fuck all with it, which is exactly how I want to spend a birthday. <laughs> it's excellent. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, well, welcome to the... Uh, to the decade of death, to the, yeah. to the decline. Um, it's 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 horrible out here. But happy birthday! <laughs> Cold in these hills. <laughs> um, and we've got an, a guest with us again, or a guest with us this week. Um, we've got Ash. Ash, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. Ash, I'm so uh, excited that you joined us. Yeah, I've uh, been waiting to do this for a while. Yeah, Fury is a a wonderful game to talk about. Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, I suppose, yeah, if you want to maybe just uh, just talk about the game itself um, and your experience with us before we go on. Yeah, so um, Fury released a number of years ago. Uh, it, um, I first played it when it was on PlayStation Plus as a free game. Mm. Um, yeah. The, uh, the gameplay is, I think, the, the closest immediate comparison is Dark Souls, but... It strips away all of the RPG elements to just leave combat with with this like pulsing rhythm of of like a bullet hell combined with like fast melee timing. It's it's yeah. a lot as a game. Um, but one of the things about it is that it does integrate music very well into its actual gameplay. Um, the uh, there's certain sections where the uh, the song will slow down to accompany a, a more intense moment and then pick back up to its normal BPM later on. Um, it, uh, yeah. We talk a lot about uh, games that are, are made by their soundtrack or, you know, are, become, are okay games that become ascendant because of the soundtrack. But I think this is the game that is probably where the soundtrack is most integrated with not only the the narrative, which is is sort of in the background until you you dig into it more, but just mm. in just like the flow of the fights and the pacing, it's you 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 could not imagine Fury being something you spent more than a couple seconds with, no matter how good the gameplay is, um, without the soundtrack, just because it is. It is so driving and sort of like mm. listening to the, the interviews with the musicians. And the sort of the the way that they they were instructed to design the loops, it it seems very much, um, you know, just they 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 contacted all these great synth artists and yeah. kind of gave them these instructions, and the synth artists just knocked it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it uh it definitely I think that it's probably the game with the most connected soundtrack to the actual gameplay that isn't like straight up a rhythm game. It, it just, it's perfect like that. Absolutely. And starting start. Oh, and we're starting with the, the most recognized uh, band on the soundtrack and oh, yeah. with, with yeah. Carpenter Brute, you know, probably mm. the, the, the one that drew the most, most people to the game. Um, I know when, you uh, brought this to us, Ash. It it was the thing where I was just like, "Oh, a Carpenter Brute, 
you know, not not entirely uh, them, but it felt very much sort of like, yeah, we have Carpenter Brute and we have a lot of other great synth artists sort of of, of equivalent talent, except, mm. except maybe for Knight, um, <laughs> um, who, yeah. who I'm trashing because I saw a YouTube video of him uh, doing uh, Dr. Disrespect. Uh, mixes so i'm i so i feel the need to trash night a little bit but otherwise uh quite excellent yeah yeah i know carpenter bruce definitely like the 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 marquee name on this one but um i would i would have to say danger is probably the one that i knew most before going into this um just because i was really into like Bloghouse back in the late 2000s early early aughts and like danger was a big name then um, and then sort of went away for a while and then came back with this. Brute is how I found the game. I I was a big fan of um, a, uh, a live streamer who used to play Carpenter Brute a lot uh, when he was taking breaks. Uh, shout out to Excessive Profanity. Um, and yeah, it, it like this game helped me get into a lot more of uh, the various like synth genres. Yeah. It's a, it is a sort of a nice little, um, what's the word, like a survey of Synthwave at the time. Yeah. Um, with like the Toxic Avenger and Wave Shaper in particular. Night is one of those ones that I didn't really know going in. Uh, and probably by the sounds of what Reese is <laughs> just says that, uh, yeah, it's probably best that we don't uh, look too much into him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I suppose the, the first block we have is actually just going to be all Carpenter Brute tracks. Um so I think we'll, we'll jump into those and, and we will talk a bit more after that. So um, the first track we have is What We Fight For, uh, which is, I think it's a sort of, um, it goes along with Time To Wake Up. It's got a similar sort of theme to it. Uh, then we have Enraged and we have Your Mine.
Ooh. Oh, That's man. <laughs> yeah. I got, I, got a little, I got a little sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that last one just does not stop. Um, as I say, as I mentioned during the break, like the, the other tracks have a little bit more sort of uh, ebb and flow to them, I suppose, um, where they start off a little bit quieter because um, they, you know, all the all the levels is, is, are most of the levels you mentioned have like a sort of a, a little walking intro where I think you get introduced to the boss by like the narrator character mm-hmm. um, and they give a little bit of a, a Dark Souls style um history to them um so you get the sort of slower parts but yeah that that last track your mind just sort of jumps right in there's no fucking <laughs> um there's none of that nonsense um and it just really really goes then from there like yeah, yeah. i mean carpenter brood is is kind of the sound of driving fast through a city at night <laughs> the the street lights the neon all of it and yeah. your mind is is like driving fast through a city at night with a car chase. It's it's really <laughs> intense and really fast paced and mm. it it just a wonderful track. Yeah, absolutely. Um the yeah, the, I suppose the, the game itself cuz um I I have played it and I did play it sa- same as yourself Ash when it came out on on PSN mm. um sort of on release day but I was never very good at it. <laughs> Um, so I've n- I have yet to actually finish it, um, despite really, really enjoying it and being really, really into the soundtrack. Um, so I suppose, yeah, if you, if you could maybe talk about like the later parts of the game in terms of like plotting and stuff, because um, it is it is sort of a little bit light on story to start off. But um, the way uh, you, you were both talking about it during the break uh, made it sound like it sort of really uh, gets gets a bit deeper later in the game. It um. It never really like fully fleshes itself out. Mm. Um, the the mystery and the specifics are are kind of left up to the imagination. I think that's one of the yeah. nice things about it. Um, yeah. It's it's focused on giving you a vibe, giving you a feeling, um, and like it it the story exists to put a goal in front of you that you want to meet <laughs> and to put interesting characters between you and that goal who can say mysterious things about stuff that you've done or who you are. And it, it like, it's all background noise. Yeah. The, the, the gameplay and the music is what I have, what I played the game for. And yeah, it, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, there's definitely a turning point. Um, the, uh, the first track we listened to, uh, what we fight for, um, if I remember correctly, that comes at kind of like a midpoint of the game where you stop fighting. Um, so the, Sorry, the the basic plot structure is that you're a prisoner locked in the bottom of a very, very, very high security jail and you have to do a boss rush to fight all of the other prisoners who are tasked with keeping you in your cell. Um, The first several are uh, like fellow monsters, much like you. And after a certain point, you fight the warden and then you fight characters who don't need to be in this prison, but they want to be because you can't get out. And it. it um, there's there's a little more to it than that, but it would it would be spoilers to talk about. Something really smart that I think they do is, uh, like Ash said, it is they they wisely know what what you're here for. You know, yeah. you don't you don't need that many cutscenes about the origin of the voice, etc. 
But if you do go play through on the the harder difficulty, Furier, um, they figure that, okay, you care about this game enough, um, and there's, like, two or three, like, extra, like, lore cutscenes that give you, you know, uh, it's it's not a twist that matters that much, but it's an interesting reveal of, of w- what's happening to you, and specifically why the voice is cho- chosen to to accompany you on this and and to free you from the uh from the prison initially. And I think that's just a smart way of going through it. Like you can just play through it and not pay attention to the story at all and you can get you get it fully, you know. And there's there's a a great choice that you make at the end that sort of informs everything and it's all informed from your gameplay. It kind of trusts that you have connected to these characters through the fights and sort of have drawn your own conclusions. Um, and that will inform your decision at the end. But it's, it, it's, I think it's, it, it was wise of them to just be like, yeah, the, the, the info dump uh, is, is only going to happen if you're try harding it two thirds of the way through uh, the hard difficulty. Yeah. yeah. And, and as you say, if you're, if you're doing that, you, you care enough to probably, um get a little bit of an extra lore dump um one thing i had actually noticed and i I didn't realize before but makes a lot of sense having uh learned it is that um the the art design was done by the the guy did uh, afro samurai yeah Um, yeah yeah, yeah. and like yeah that seeing that i was like oh yeah that makes a ton of sense in terms of like just these these character designs but also like the, the actual structure of the game is very similar to that uh in terms of just being like you're you're a guy going through um essentially all these bosses to be you know to be number one or just get out or whatever so i think it's um that was, that was an interesting thing to learn about this and like that art style is is very very sort of uh, it's a really cool art style i think that's one of the one of the aspects of the game that really stands out to you straight away um you know it's not like really graphically sort of uh impressive in 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 the sense of just like pure pixels or whatever but like um the style is really really cool and in in terms of when you get get into the actual fights the the way um the way they use sort of light and um and color in the game to actually um teach you the game is really really cool yeah it um if if you if you just heard that it was another cell shaded indie game from like <laughs> the late 2010s, it, it might turn you off, but there, yeah. there is like a purpose to the aesthetic. It, it mm. like accompanies the rest of the, the game's art and gameplay very well. Yeah. Um, and I, I suppose like it, like the way it integrates the music, it does, uh, it, it it's very purposeful. Yeah, that that yeah. cell shaded neon alongside a carpenter brute track, just like that, it's so <laughs> perfect. Yeah, um, but it also just like in in the way it sort of visually teaches you the game is it, really really cool. Yes, yeah, yes, the various color like, coding and stuff. Yeah, because just in terms of like your reactions and things like that, um, it's it, it's uh, you 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 get that sort of. You get, you know, you see a green thing come and say, like, okay, that's a parry, uh, and you see the the red and, and the pinks and stuff, and you know, okay, so this is the bullet hell bit. Um, so it's sort of, yeah, it, it gives you the gives you really good sort of training in that regard. Um, and I suppose just to talk about the gameplay a little bit more as well, because like, yeah, we we mentioned it was a bit of a, a bullet hell game, and um, 
but it also does this thing where it like shifts into sort of more melee melee focused stuff as well where you get it to be um i guess like a a sort of a a god hand uh, type situation or even not god hand uh, like Devil May Cry or something like that, where it's a bit of a character action for for a little bit as well. Um, but even when mm-hmm. it does when it does shift between the two, it's still very, um, you know, there's that there's that rhythm to the combat that that um, the music sort of brings you, um, yeah. and and that's a, a really cool element that uh, I think you don't quite get in your standard character action games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think. Almost every, not not quite every uh, boss phase, but usually the boss phase has a sort of more ex- expansive introduction of the mechanics and you're, you're running around trying to figure out what you can do, how you can cheese mm. it maybe. And then the, the, the boss will fall down in like the second half of the phase. Yeah. And you have to go up and you are basically, you know, trapped close uh, for whatever... Uh, mechanic conceit they have and you have to have like a much more like hard scrabble melee fight where you have to figure out how to do those counters uh eventually yeah. you have to really learn the patterns otherwise you'll get punished immediately and there's a great like sense of like anticipation and sort of dread as you're just like oh man what is what is this night guy gonna do now that he's all pissed off in his close close range um it's it's really cool yeah, and uh, it's a game that rewards uh, repetition and learning those patterns. Um, a lot of these boss fights are very hard to brute force. There's just some things you need to learn. Um, one of the tracks we just listened to, uh, Your Mind, plays during a fight that has uh, invisible attacks. And the only way that you're really going to get those is just playing it enough times, losing the fight, and coming to understand the timing. It it does feel very much like Dark Souls in that way, that, that like, you know, just trying to get the timing and the feel of a boss right, but without the option to just, you know, ring of, ring of favor and protection and load up on shields and heavy armor <laughs> yeah. and trundle your way in there. Um, it's, uh, it's great in that way. And yeah, it, it, it's kind of somewhere between like that and like Devil May Cry on the hardest difficulty when it gets in close range. Um, the, uh, the dodge being like almost a teleport is really nice it it feels like the game keeps up with the player's reaction speed but the inputs are also not super forgiving so much like dark souls you hit the wrong button at the wrong time you will get smacked yeah i tried playing this um on my uh steam deck uh with with uh, a wireless controller and even just that little bit of input lag like i just was not able to to finish more than like the first phase of the first boss um, it, it it can be a little bit forgiving, like there's a window, and then if you hit your counter or or uh, perfectly, you'll you'll get a uh, a little bit of your health back. But it's um, it's definitely a game that's about sort of mastering these bosses, which is what I enjoyed so much about it. Is that it was mm-hmm. kind of no muss, no fuss. You have to start at the beginning of the boss if you have to if you die, but. Yeah. You know, it's it it keeps that propulsive nature um, all throughout. Yeah, and I guess that's sort of yeah. You you get that with a game like this where you've got, you know, it's it's not a long game. Um, you know, you could probably if you if you know your way through the game, you could probably do it in like about half an hour, forty five minutes. Yeah, um, I think there's like twenty seven. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, like, there's an achievement. You're not doing that your first time, time. Oh, really? <laughs> which is like an hour. <laughs> yeah, it, oh, okay. it, like if I remember correctly, a lot of people were clocking about like six hours on an average first time playthrough. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah, it's, and and that sort of goes to show that you're you're not going to be sort of just flying through this on your first playthrough. Um, you know, there 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 is that sort of you have to learn the game to actually get through it. Yeah. Uh, something um, I'd like to mention during the Carpenter mm. Brute segment is that something I find very interesting about Ash having brought the Fury soundtrack to us is that it's it's kind of well, it, synth even if it's not necessarily like rooted in movie soundtracks, I would say sort of like the the 80s sound movie soundtracks um like I think John Carpenter was mentioned in literally every single review of uh, the game that I read uh, or of the OST that I read. And I think that it is very much uh, a very pointed decision to sort of like have synth that's pulling from that. And I think it's very interesting that this is the video game soundtrack of the 80s movie soundtrack because it's, it's, you know, these are all mastered down to sort of like the... Uh, key exciting moments in the loops but you know if you go online there are like you know complete remixes where they put like every they pulled every sound file from the game and they have every second of music which is usually like three to four times longer than the tracks that we have now um and so it's it's very engaging to me that this is the this is like movie soundtracks from the eighties, the video game. And I know synth is not, you know, rooted in that, uh, well. totally. Uh, Carpenter Brute specifically, I think is, is really going for that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, that's what yeah. I mean. I just mean synth as a whole, sort of yeah. the, the, uh, the various genres you could c- connect with it. Um, and so that's, that is what's, what is so exciting, uh, to me. Like I, I, I tried to Google has John Carpenter played Fury and I didn't get very far, but that that I, um, that is that is one one element sort of meta element that I've really loved. And Carpenter Brute obviously is the 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 grand example of that. I uh comparing it to a movie soundtrack is actually really interesting. Um and you're right on the money in terms of like synth as a genre being very heavily tied to movies. Um the first synthwave album is the Blade Runner soundtrack. The the essence of synth being that, like, trying to find a little bit of retro in a neon future, that, that like, one singular acoustic instrument, just, you know, strings or a horn or, a vo- or vocals or something over all yeah. of these electronics. Like, it's, it's it, directly from Blade Runner. And every every piece of synth music is going to draw on that just a little bit, whether it's synth wave, vapor wave, dark wave, whatever it is. It yeah. is all in some way reflecting from that original Blade Runner soundtrack. And you can definitely find it within the Fury soundtrack. I, and I wanted to mention we talked a little bit about it in uh, we've talked a little bit about it now. We've talked about it in the break, but the the burst soundtrack, um, the the sniper girl who is. Uh, has such an extended one of the longest fights, and so much of it is um, you running around and hiding and trying to figure out uh, where where she is um, and sort of dovetails into this really hard bullet hell segment. Um, 
you know, Ash, you said it was, you know, driving through the night, you know, like, like in, in the neon future. Um, but at the very end, you know, you're, you're 100% just like in, in that car chase crashing through plate glass windows, uh, trying to get through it. Um, and I think it's very telling that I, I would argue that the Carpenter Brute bosses, uh, the the burst, uh, the hand, who is the the sort of sword and shield knight, um, they aren't necessarily narratively the biggest turning point. So the hand is a is a pretty big turning point, but mechanically, is it's always a raising of the stakes. Like the 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 knight guy is, you really have to sort of up your your sword game and be able to counter in that. And the uh, and the burst, this the sniper girl has such a elongated uh and probably the best designed boss fight in the game of 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 hide and seek and it's just so propulsive this entire time you're just fucking panicked like a preyed animal like a like like a prey animal um and it's it's just so uh exciting to to kind of go through those um i think it was really smart you know for the vibes to to have those moments um but yeah yeah, um, the hand definitely forces you to like level up both your game plan and narratively that is also his job. It it it's nice that they uh, told you a boss was going to be difficult and then it was actually difficult. You have to learn and master a skill to a certain level. Absolutely, and the bullet hell part of the burst is the the first hard bullet hell sequence. They they kind of lob you a few easier ones. It's usually like the last fight, like the last phase of the old man, that sort of thing. It's it's a change of pace and you, you that you have to get used to, but it's much easier than the kind of back and forth stuff that you've been doing so far. Um, and th- this introduces like a hard bullet hell sequence. And then they, they don't get easier, uh, except with one <laughs> exception that I'll, I'll mention a little later on. All right. Um, I think we should probably jump into the next set of tracks anyway. Um, so for this one, I've got three more. Um, first one is by Wave Shaper, which is the Wisdom of Rage. Uh, next one is by the Toxic Avenger called Make This Right. And then the last one is another Wave Shaper track uh, called A Picture in Motion.
I suppose it's uh it's it's quite interesting that last one just because it does feel like it sort of tapers off a bit and then uh, I think that because it sort of then goes into the first track that we played um so that so like the the last track is from the walking section before the line boss fight and then the first track we played wisdom of rage is from the actual boss fight itself um but I, w- I was saying it's sort of interesting how on the on the the actual track list for the album itself where I pulled this the actual songs from rather than the game um 
like you do you do get a split between some of these walking sections or there's their own tracks and some of them are integrated into um the actual flight track um but yeah i think it i like that song because it just really really like has that very slow build of tension to it and it never quite resolves um and i like a track that does that especially in this sort of genre yeah it's a uh it's a great track to have on a soundtrack yeah it just it just fits a moment in the game very well absolutely yeah uh the thing that sort of jumped out to me as well is um and i think is worth discussing in sort of the um the uh the conversation about film soundtracks and synthwave sort of together is the um the soundtrack for drive um yeah which is sort of like as far as as far as you can go back to when the people started to take notice of synthwave and and sort of where it's split off from uh like as i say the the blog house and uh and uh, electro house and uh sort of french house of the, the 2000s um i think that soundtrack is sort of is really important for this genre <laughs> yeah i mean that's um kavinsky first blood is the like the big song off that soundtrack if I yeah correctly and that's like i mean everybody knows kavinsky like that yeah, and uh, Mike Hall as well. political ads recently if i remember correctly oh wow. like, it's everywhere <laughs> yeah um, yeah, but even it's... those tracks, the the Kavinsky tracks on Drive are like produced by Thomas uh, Bongolter from Daft Punk. Um, so like you even just have that sort of like that passing of the torch from like um, you know the French touch stuff to uh, to this sort of synth wave uh, is very clear in that element. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely, and it's uh, you know. All of us being a bit too online, you know, it's it's easy to sort of write drive off as as the meme stuff. But in in the interviews I read, uh, the drive soundtrack and Kavinsky was just regularly name dropped as as just a huge moment for them, and you know something that was inspirational in terms of. I do think it's actually quite a good movie. Um, I love Drive. It, I think it's an incredible movie, <laughs> and it's it's. Um, and, you know, the soundtrack itself, you know, just mm. had such uh, an explosion of influence where if, if maybe it's, you know, not the tip top favorites of the of whoever was being interviewed, but it's just being like it's 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 undeniable something yeah. you have to kind of plug in there. You have um, to reckon with us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah um, you, you'd mentioned the Toxic Adventure specifically, Ash, at one point, as just being like one of the artists that you really um, enjoyed from this. Um, yeah. Because um, I'm not, I wasn't super familiar with them until this, but like, do you have thoughts on that? Uh, I wasn't actually super familiar with them before this, uh, uh, okay. for Fury either. But um, the, uh, is it Make This Right and the remix version are mm. like really, really incredible songs. They, um, there, there's nothing else that quite sounds like them on the rest of the OST. Um, they're they're very light and mm. like almost breezy at points before mm-hmm. getting really intense. Um, that boss fight is is also uh, one that needs to be mentioned. Um, I, I affectionately refer to that boss as Mom or Mommy because she is. <laughs> uh, but that is that is also where the secret ending is. Um, mm. the, the whole point of this game is to escape from prison and at a certain point, uh, mom will tell you, go back in your cell. 
And if you wait five <laughs> minutes without engaging her, you uh, end the game. You've gone back to your cell. That's it. Um, you can <laughs> you can make things right. You can make a better choice. Uh, mm. But obviously, if you want to get the the real ending of the game, you do have to fight. <laughs> have to uh, fight, I, mommy. I got the implication from uh, I watched all the uh, the extra cutscene stuff uh, right before we recorded, and I got the sense that it's it's not even quite that. It's uh, we're we're talking about the the track "Make This Right," which is the boss fight for the song, who's absolutely mommy, uh, just you know this beautiful blonde woman who is just like, you can just stay here with me and put your head in my lap, and we can just talk forever. And if you and if you sit there for five minutes, like Ash said, uh, the credits fucking roll. It's it's not like a side secret ending where they're just like, oh, it kind of ends. Or just like, uh, you actually have chosen to stop fighting and accept peace, and that's the like the final piece of dialogue. And you're just sitting and talking with mommy, <laughs> and and it is such an incredible moment in the game. Um, because, you know, I, I don't think it's too much spoilers to say it's just you're you're kind of the villain you, you find out throughout the game. At least, you know, it is it is implied that there is some moral gray area there. And I, I really like that they let you have the choice to just sit down and stop fighting and spend time with mommy, um, because I think that that is, uh, you know, in in some ways uh, the best ending. Not not really. But uh, but yeah. Um, I, I love that track so much. Um, the it, it is unique in its presentation because it is uh, it's a fight where it's it's the first fight where you get the sense that the back half of the bosses are pretty sure that they can't beat you, and they start thinking about if if not other techniques, other ways to to beat you. They're sort of a little bit crazier with their uh thinking of 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 how they're going to approach the situation where you know they're they're locked in this prison just as much as you and they don't quite know what to do about it um because they have to because they have to guard you and just the the vocal staccato um there's a little bit of strings in there um but it just fucking decays into the kind of nightmare synth that we've uh we've already listened to and i think it is a really incredible sort of narrative uh, storytelling in a, in a very sort of indirect way. Um, it's it's yeah. you get such a great sense if you if you want to walk the distance from your computer screen to mommy and sort of like you know think about what might actually be going on. Um, it it can be very compelling. Which is what I, I think is so compelling about Fury as a whole is that at you know there's the voice talks to you in between boss fights and there is these sort of like you know narrative lull moments where you're introduced to the boss but the voice is not a reliable narrator at all so it's it's very interesting how the game wants you to be moved and changed by every track. Um, and I think the song is not a like the most pointed example of that as as much as I love it and like the secret ending. Um, but it is like I think a really standout example of of that kind of indirect narrative storytelling. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. I think. So. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna mention Wisdom of Rage, but if you got another thing to say, no, about, go ahead. Uh, Absolutely. So, um, Wisdom of Rage is just, uh, probably my second favorite track on the whole album. Um, uh, your Your Mind being the first, but uh, it's it's a it's a song that accompanies a a fight with a Zen master, somebody who is like old and talented and and honestly toying with you a little bit. It's it's unclear if he's training you or just playing around or just trying to have fun or actually trying to stop you it's it's kind of somewhere between all of that and it's this like doesn't have the same fast bpm that a lot of the other tracks on the album have it has this like kind of slower dance to it um i don't know how to explain it but like you could do a, a rhythmic dance with someone yeah. to do this track it wouldn't be the most fun and <laughs> you'd have to work really hard at it but like it it has that like kind of yeah uh i don't yeah. i don't know how to explain it it, it wouldn't sound out of place anyway it wouldn't sound out of place in like a dj mix no um i don't know that you'd hear it at a club or something you know so it's yeah um so it's maybe a little bit slower than you might expect from like that but yeah it's definitely in, ter in terms of this these kind of these tracks here like you're not you're not going to be headbanging to it um but yeah i know it's a, it's a cool track it's it's really really nice i love i love the synth sound that he has for it it's just a really really cool really like bright sounding synth yeah um but it's definitely the most lighthearted of of the tracks which i think mm. ma matches the the old man's attitude where he he's the only one who's kind of accepted uh his his role in some ways for for what's go going to happen um and it's uh i i think that a lot of the the narrative from the old man is kind of like a meta commentary on like the most fulfilling way to play the game um in the same sense that uh, you know we talked about in the shmup episode where i would try to play bullet hells by reacting to the to the bullets and playing it like you know UN squadron instead of doing pattern recognition and sort of learning the 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 path to safety in those things and how to how to best manage it, um, which which is a more Zen attitude than I think you know kind of a more frantic Dark Souls style, um, which I which I think. You know, which absolutely exists in the game, but it is it's it's more than that, and it's more than that because of the uh, format of the game, where it's you you can everything is in these kind of like discrete bite-sized combat chunks, and you always know what part of the the phase that you're on and how much more you have to go through, and it's it's very interesting to me the that they've chose to put that at the beginning, but not quite at the beginning. You, you, you go through the strap, which is the, the imprisoned lamphead woman. And then you have, um, that kind of like the only, I think, full walking track we've had thus far, um, uh, in what was it called? A picture in motion, a picture in motion. Exactly. And then you, you go out into this, you know, beautiful sunlit kind of like sky area and have this kind of mirthful old man kind of throwing a throwing you a loop. Um it's it's 
it's a great track, I think, for that. And I think it's kind of perfect that if, if I wouldn't necessarily call it light, but the lightest of, of the boss mm. tracks. Definitely. Right. Um, I think we will jump into the next block of tracks. Um, so what we have first is um, from uh, our friend Knight. Uh, it's the only track on on this playlist with by him. <laughs> um, it's called Something Memorable. Um, then we have another Wave Shaper track uh, called A Monster. And we have the last one is a track by somebody called Scattle, who I've never heard before. Uh, I think this is the only place I've ever seen that name show up. Um, and that track is called Love and Madness.
drums at the end. Um, I think that was a bit of a sort of a slower vibe than the the previous sections, just because um, there's two of those were sort of non-boss fights. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they sort of they end up being a little bit slower, and I think I I, I like this the game the like a lot of these tracks are just sort of able to um, be a little little bit more chill, but then they will sort of build to something much much more sort of aggressive. Um, and and that's a really cool effect. Um, but you yeah. were you were saying, Reese, the um, the the last track, the the one is uh, uh is this sort of uh, only only really visible in the in the higher difficulties? Yeah, I, I or... think that track is the one the one thing that's really hidden behind the higher difficulty. There's there's lore stuff if you're invested, and I won't mm-hmm. reveal the I won't spoil, but you learn. That there's a uh, a guardian that chose not to fight as part of the extended story of the Furier difficulty, um, and you get the sense that Love and Madness at least would have been, if not their walking music, you know, a, a, an idea of how their boss track would go. But mm. it doesn't since since he chose not to fight, um, you know, it it doesn't get into that insane driving momentum as before. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to include it as the one hidden thing. And that's from, uh, what's the name of the band again? Scattle, which I think Scattle, was, yeah. it was one of the lesser known artists they plucked for a kind of a bit of a yeah. side moment. But I, but I, but I enjoy it quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, yeah, I was saying, I, I, I did look them up uh, during the, the break and yeah, it's, it's pretty much this uh, hotline Miami and, um, Streets of Rage 4 that they've done music for, and then that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, if you're going to have a short resume, yeah. uh, have it bang <laughs> extremely hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just three games with incredible soundtracks, yeah. Um, any any okay. thoughts on those, Ash? Uh, not particularly. It's uh, walking music, chill out to it. Yeah. Nice. Um, they're they're good contemplative tracks that that build slowly and and like it, uh, the walking segments create this tension and release cycle, allowing the player to relax, experience the voiceover, and um, really build themselves up for that next big adrenaline release, which is going to be the boss fight. Um, brilliant stuff. I, I I love a game that has a well planned out tension and release cycle good moments where you can relax and breathe and then like get back into it it uh it's great it's good stuff ash in the break you mentioned that a monster had a almost halloween vibe to it yes which which i really like because it's that is the walking segment before you fight the beat and there is almost an, an extreme comical level of villainy to what you're doing, um, because the beat is possibly the last f- fight in the game. It's the last required fight in the game, anyways. Um, and before that, you have the edge, who's like a very let's let's battle, let's see who's the best uh, kind of guy uh, that we know and love. Um, and he he's quite a difficult fight. And the beat is just frankly much fucking easier, and it's portrayed as much easier it really seems like you're just beating the shit out of a kid and they were just like oh let's just put our last uh 
you know, this is the best we got. We got eight good ones. <laughs> we can't, we can't win them all. And, you know, she's, it's, it's not, it's not a total pushover, but based on what you've learned, you know, it, it feels like it would be like second fight material. Um, yeah. And, and her character is that of just coming face to face with you and being deeply horrified and then just n- just not being able to to push and she's running away from you the whole time and this is chase segment um and it's like as the fights in fury go it is not necessarily a standout moment but it's really the period of the end of the sentence of of your discovery through this fights who you are to these people and you're just being like, yeah, this this dude, stranger, maybe should have been jailed. This this is not cool. I'm gonna keep. I'm I'm gonna kill her, of course, because I'm playing a video game. That's that's out of the question. But um, it's it is. I I thought it was very funny, Ash, that you mentioned it had this level of villainy right before you just do this awful thing, essentially, in the game. Yeah. It um. Uh, if I remember correctly, let me just pull up the uh the set list order. Yeah, um, a monster comes right before you are the end, which um, is uh, kind of uh, that title might mean something. Um, I, I think a bit more on that later because we do have that track. Oh in yeah, there. is Not the is in. the out is the outgoing track. So yeah, we will. Uh, I think we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, um the uh, I really do like the the way the narrative and the gameplay kind of mesh together with that. Um, uh, that fight against the um, God, I forget her name. She's like just in all white. Um, the kid. Her, her like boss. It, it, t- technically, it's the beat because she's got beat. like because she's got like the the weird speaker things on her shoulders. It seems like they're also fans. Um, yeah. It it like like you said, Reese. It it feels like she should be like the second boss. She's very much like at the top of this prison acting as one of the guards, hoping that every guard in front of her is not going to fall. And it, it, it's, it's tough and it, it feels bad to win that fight, but it's something you have to do if you want to complete the game. And you could have tapped out. You had an opportunity. Mom let you, let you have the option to go back, but too late now. So you you just gotta kill this kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. An, it's it's a really interesting choice to do that like right after I suppose what would be like the final boss normally, which is like um, to just give you this push over to just be like you no, know, just to really hammer it home. You're not a good person. <laughs> the the or samurai guy was the hardest for me personally. I don't I don't know what the agreed upon difficulty is, but it it, it felt like a immensely difficult fight that tests tested everything you learned in a very kind of like you know, cinematic, direct manner, like the last two phases of the samurai fight. You just go in 2D, and that doesn't help you at all, having less movement. Um, yeah. And and you really have to just be on point with your counters and your dashes, and he has his own little bullet hell move that he'll just do for a second, and you have to be ready to switch to bullet hell mode immediately. Um, and it's, it is what you would consider to be a classic boss fight there there are secret bosses on top of that but he is testing everything you know and you have to get it right um and it rewards a little trickery like he, he's always trying to intimidate you and saying like can you uh face me the final great master but if you're aggressive with him 
during some of the sword fighting segments. He doesn't know what to do with that. He's not f- as fast as you. So if you're like brave in those moments, you're rewarded. And so it's like has a lot of interesting depth to it. And then you get to the beat where it's just like this kid running and screaming and you're just running past all of her guns really easily um, and just just putting her down. Um, and then you kind of get to the ending that expounds on sort of like what you've done and you you make choices uh to, to see if you want to face the final boss or not. Yeah, it's like the um, the end of Final Fantasy VII, I guess, where you've got like you 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 first fight the giant angel version of Sephiroth, who's the hardest boss in the game, and then you just go in uh, and you just fight the the little baby Sephiroth who dies in wonders. <laughs> and I think it's a good mechanical cooldown after. Mm. It's cool. after the the samurai, where you're just like, oh, okay, I'm much stronger now. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the um the bits where that fight goes 2D, it like it it moves to a very small arena and you have to like dodge through uh attacks. It uh it's very different from everything else you've done in the game up to that point. And it's honestly kind of shocking the first time that you're actually playing it when that happens. When he goes to the 2D mode and starts doing the bullet hell like fire waves. And they're not even that difficult. It's just you have to be ready for it. Yep. Um, and and get the the dash timing correct, exactly correct every time. Um, and, and it gives you outs. Like it, the the smart way to do it is just to like back up and give yourself a second. But it's it is so it doesn't give you any moment to think. No, it's it's just. You have to either learn the like learn the fight through repetition, or just have that level of zen that you can predict the attacks and and move accordingly. It's it's interesting. Um, I know I've I've spoken ill of night, but I do like the track uh, for yeah. the edge, and I do think it's interesting that it's. I mean, do you would you two agree that it's it's, it's slightly less showy track? Um, you know, it's it's kind. It feels right that it's the one that you're supposed to really like zero in and focus on. Like it is, it's just this dude with an oar. Like there's there's not an insane amount going on. So it is. It it feels uh, narratively like very connected to that moment. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was just gonna say that's that's my gushing about. Uh, my bloviating about the edge and beat, which which I found was a very compelling duo. I do think this game is, uh, it it is nuts because usually it's like you know you, you you don't want the two to compete, but it's like this is a great game with a great soundtrack. Um, this is a bad game with a great soundtrack, that sort of thing. But there's there's like a very essentially great aspect to both. I think the mechanics of this game and the music and the way that they integrate that I think is uh, outstanding. And I, I, and Fury has absolutely gotten a lot of kudos and I'm, I'm kind of in the wheelhouse where it's just like, despite the fact that this soundtrack has been listened to by like 10 million people, it's underrated still. Like it's, it's, it's something I feel like should be freaked out as much, you know, as, as, as other big soundtracks of the era. Um, of of yeah, any gaming era. This game definitely did not get the indie game clout that it deserved. Um we still talk about Braid for Christ's sake and like Fez, but nobody talks about Fury and that is absolutely wrong. Yeah, I agree totally and I think that um it's 
it's what I want to out of games that games aren't doing. I want this kind of mastery over pacing and timing in the moment. Like, I'll sit for fucking 200 hours with a JRPG, you got me? But, like, I don't even think it's necessarily that Fury respects my time. Like, I think it's gleeful whenever it can fuck me over. But it's also, like, it understands where the fun ends. Like, at the exact centimeter, where the fun ends. With the vibe it's putting forward. With the soundtrack that's driving. And you want to be kind of, like, adrenaline-filled in the moment. Um, it's fantastic. Anyways, I'm going to stop rambling. I'm very curious about Danger because I uh, don't, did not, I have not heard of them for, oh, okay. but they're, this is such, this is the other pillar of the Fury soundtrack. So I'm yeah. curious to, to learn more. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Danger is uh, a French musician, um, like a lot of the people on this soundtrack. And um, to your point, I suppose, about him being one of the pillars of this soundtrack, he did actually do the entire soundtrack. Um, for the developers of this game's next game called Haven, uh, which is a really, really good soundtrack um, that I would definitely recommend people checking out if they haven't. Um, but yeah, he sort of um, sort of came up in the like um, the, the early sort of MySpace bloghouse kind of days, um, sort of post Daft Punk's uh, Human After All, where where that sort of started to be like your your French musicians were starting to to put out their own sort of um post staff punk um electronic um and danger was one of the the big ones from it that i really really got into for a while um so like not a very prolific artist i think like by the time this came out he'd released like three eps maybe um three of three of them were yeah no four eps three of which were recorded within like a day or two of each other um, and then the last one was recorded like four years after that. And then then this came out, which had a bunch of new tracks on it. So I was just like, yeah, I'm getting definitely getting this for danger, if nothing else. <laughs> um, but yeah, I suppose we'll um, we'll do the the three tracks that I have from danger. Um, I put them all together just because uh, similarly with Carpenter Brute at the start, I just wanted to sort of group them. Um, so I have um, 624 uh 753 and 802 um and i suppose well I'll, I'll talk a bit about the weird track names for those tracks um at the end um because i think that's sort of part of the whole danger thing as well um, cool so yeah we'll, we'll jump into those i can't wait to learn about the mystery after these tracks <laughs> it's not much of a mystery <laughs> no i expect a murder to be solved <laughs> a minimum
what I what I personally felt about Fury Story is that like the the best parts are like in what it doesn't say to you as the player. Mm-hmm. The all the like moments where you get to wonder about what you're doing, what the like what all of this is for, but you're still gonna do it anyway. Like it it yeah. Absolutely. Leaving leaving a lot up to the imagination is is one of its strengths. Um Ash, you brought up during uh the the tracks how this was a quintessential game of how you want shorter games with worse graphics and how that is actually a a fucking incredible feat for Fury. Um and and it, and it's a really interesting milestone as well. Because um we've we've talked around it, but there's an aspect to video games where that's understandable with the technology is that you have to deal with video game bullshit. You know, we're still, it's a very new medium. We, you, you have to f- figure out how to present these things, which creates, you know, JRPGs with very kind of onerous menus or, you know, bloated games like Assassin's Creed where, you know, they're not necessarily thinking about the best moment to moment perspective, but instead, you know, the, what... What's going to leave you the feeling the best at the end? And Fury is, inc- I think um, the soundtrack is absolutely its most standout element. But I think the silver medal winner aspect of Fury is that even if it doesn't respect your time, it, res- it doesn't respect your time in a very like purposeful, creative way. Every second of Fury is something that they've thought about to how the player will feel. You have the slow moments when you're walking to the bosses, and then you have these very tightly paced experiences. And even if you spend a long time on the boss, you know, you you have a very strong grasp of your time and the moment-to-moment play. And that is so fucking rare in games where that they they expect you to spend a lot of extra bloated um you know, time either kind of traveling or sorting your inventory or going through the menus, whatever you bullshit you do in games, because I haven't mastered what is the number one best way to to do a menu system or whatever, because that is, you know, a very open-ended, uh, huge question. But Fury thought about it um, and has created, like, a, an incredibly tight kinesthetic experience that is is a short game but it is delivering these an emotional narrative beats very effectively through the music through the mechanics and there is lore if you want it and i think the lore is not deep but it is narratively incredibly satisfying if you want to go through it yeah. um the 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 songs uh, mommy's uh, put your head in my lap ending is the i think one of the best examples of that and you know, I know I'm I'm going off a bit, but I I I, I think you put you put it perfectly with with uh, that in in what what I like so much about it, um, because I feel like games are rarely trying to be propulsive in the way that Fury is, um, and so I don't know. Um, have I missed anything? Um. No, I mean I I want to go back to one of my the first comparisons I made, which was uh, the Dark Souls genre. There's there's a lot of menus and character builds and weapon choices and all of these different choices that you can make as the player before you ever set foot in a combat arena. And just stripping all of that away and leaving you with you 
boss and one way to beat it. The only limiting factor is player skill. Like that, it really, it, it boils the experience down to what is truly enjoyable and like gets rid of a lot of the noise. And granted, I, I like, I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3 right now. I, I love some inventory management and menuing and working on builds and all of that stuff. But like there, there is a moment where you just shut your brain off and and have to execute on everything that you've you know thought about and worked on before you walked in that boss arena. That like I think Fury just does a little bit better. And like like you said, it it's it's very conscious of how the player is spending each and every second. So it is really thinking about you know how much downtime you have, how much like time you you're gonna have in the fights. And it's it's using that time that would have been spent menuing and doing all that other stuff to provide a a um a much like tighter experience. It's great. Absolutely. And listen, I'm not condemning snuffling through your inventory. Um I, I, I get that there is a joy in that. But there is a I think a difference between something like a a solid RPG snuffling through it. And something like Destiny and it's the effect that it's had where it's turned the inventory screen into this like weird part of the game that's slow and is, you know, does not spark joy um, in any way, shape or form because it is, uh, you know, it it is about it is about this weird process of going through the inventory system, not displaying the information, not letting you come to the game in any way, shape or form. Um, yeah, I do yeah. love an inventory system that is uh, server side instead of client side. That's my favorite thing in the world. Um, I will, I will not say another word about Destiny. I have so many years of rage built up over that game. Oh my god, we're that, that's going to be a separate podcast. <laughs> going to do a quick side podcast about Destiny. Uh, I, I, I have deep. I, I have Destiny two rage. Uh, I only play yeah. Destiny, but yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I suppose it's interesting because um, you you did mention it at the start that like um, when they were making the game, they did specify to the the musicians like we want these sort of moments. Um, and yeah, I suppose the big thing to to me with Fury is just this, it seems to be all about just curating a vibe um, and cu- just like curating moments for the player to experience and and sort of doing that visually audio and with like the game mechanics all at once um and you know that's such an impressive thing to do especially in sort of the the indie space um it's amazing that this game sort of hasn't been more influential yeah um, absolutely yeah uh, just but goes I to show that some people who talk about video games don't have taste <laughs> <laughs> well i certainly agree with that <laughs> um and right, to before- solve to solve the mystery of the the danger track names, they're just the times that he's finished the tracks at, um, <laughs> which is more obvious in his early releases because he uses the French um, way of writing times, uh, which is like the eleven H three zero or whatever it happens to be. Whereas um, in his later releases, he went to a uh, just a more standard clock face type one. So uh, there you go, uh, Reese. Mystery solved. <laughs> I feel like that could be used. Seven on this album too. <laughs> like you, do, you definitely do have your. Uh, I guess it's in America for the U.S. We'd call it military time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do feel that you could use those timestamps to solve murder. You know, oh, wave shaper finished. 
sorry, I danger finished <laughs> the Fury track uh, right at the time that the gun went off. We know this. Because... That would be, yeah, that'd be a clue in a Phoenix Wright game going down the line. The synth wave in Phoenix Wright. <laughs> All right. Any any final thoughts on danger um, for push? One last we... thing I did want to mention. So there's, um, uh, I suppose in in terms of talking about Daft Punk and, and everything. Um, so he does wear a mask when he plays live, um, and he said that it was inspired by the band Daft Punk and the Black Mage from Final Fantasy. Fuck um, yes. <laughs> which is just like, yeah, just like the, a perfect distillation of this soundtrack, sort of being the. Uh, the crossover between uh, French electronic music and video games. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He did. So it, it, this is the guy, he has a hoodie on and then he has the black mage glowing eyes and it's sort yeah. of like a black fencing mask over, yeah. over his face. That's it. Um, yeah. One, wonderful. I, uh, I'm going to listen to more danger. Do. Cool. Um, especially those first few EPs are, are really, really worth your time. Um, and the Haven soundtrack, as mentioned. Um, but uh, yeah, I suppose uh, the last track we have is uh, You Are the End by Wave Shapers. So that's the actual boss fight for the beat um, that we uh, we had the walking section earlier. Um, uh, and you, you wanted to talk a bit more about that, uh, as I recall, Ash. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, this is this is one of the moments where you you really don't get the full effect of the song until you uh, look at the title. Um, having uh, Knights something memorable play into, or excuse me, it's uh, a monster by Wave Shaper that plays into um, "You Are the End." Um, it it really builds up to this like moment where you begin to doubt yourself as the player because the fight is mechanically easier than other stuff it's it's a, a chase section with like moderate bullet hell going on and like at this point you've you've been to actual bullet hell and back you've you've seen like everything this game can throw at you and then it just chooses not to which feels weird it it breaks the flow of a like a normal boss rush or even an rpg experience where things are supposed to get progressively more difficult you're supposed to build your skills on top of each other until you reach the point where you use them all at once but like nope this is just there to make you feel feelings and uh you are the end is is such an appropriate song for the fight the overall tone of the beat uh, fight is Somebody learning that anime isn't real and they're not an anime protagonist and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and getting just beat to death by the, you know, evil super soldier. It's it's rough. And especially because the, the area is so bright and you're just like, wow, this kid could have had a whole future ahead of her. Were I not killing her right now? And she's wearing white. Like she's she's you know wearing <laughs> the color of innocence. Like it's it's they're they're really layering it on that you are you have done something bad here. It it's they're really layering it on, but I feel like it's it's a great rug pull at the same time because oh, rather yeah. than you just being like rolling your eyes, being like, Oh, I know what's going on, you're just like, What's happening? Is there gonna be a change in the third phase of this fight that makes me feel good about this? Like <laughs> yeah. It's 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 wild. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we we shall end it there for now tonight. So, um, Ash, have you any plugs you want to do or anything like that? 
Got social medias. Uh, I'll just drop my uh, Blue Sky. I'm uh, at Tieria at uh, Blue Sky Social. Um, T-I-E-R-I-A. Tieria. Um, Put a link to that in the show notes. Check them out for the only good Gundam content on the internet. Nate, Nate, who did Thirteen Sentinels episode, uh, will not be happy to hear that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll review Nate's Nate's work. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Reese, uh, what have you got for us this week? Uh, check out uh, what does what's the name of my podcast? Video games are the worst thing on earth. Where <laughs> uh, we make respectful jokes about events in United States history and our and and love this country. Uh, we do we do video game politics, uh, and also I will probably have out by the time this is released a new podcast called Existential Warfare, which is uh, generally about finding good in this bad world. Underscore on the bad, um, <laughs> and uh, follow me at your very good bud on Twitter or Blue Sky or Twitch. All right, that's it. Excellent, yeah. Um, and I suppose as for the podcast that you are currently listening to. Um, we're CRT Sound System. We're on all the medias, the social medias now. Um, uh, we've got a blue sky. We've got got Twitter for the time being until until the guy who has the actual CRT Sound System uh, handled um, finally gives up his. his what are, it's going to be so good when Twitter dies and we don't have to deal with that guy anymore. <laughs> you just don't even have to think about him. Yeah, so uh, CRT Sound System on Blue Sky, CRT Pod System on Twitter. Uh, send us an email at crtsoundsystem at gmail.com. Um, yeah, come on the show. Come on the show, yeah. We're always saying come on the show to people, but yeah, just this is the whole thing is just really just about vibing to some tunes with some buds, so, you know. Exactly. Um, if you If you feel like doing that with us, let us know. The CRT sound system is legitimately a great follow. Um, it's all Tom. Um, I've, I've asked twice for access, uh, and he has correctly not given it to me. Uh, correctly forgotten. Uh, but uh, just, just really, uh, you, you always have some incredible little uh, tidbit about a, a game from 25 years ago that I just only now remembered because you posted about it. So it's, it's, it's. Okay. <laughs> I I I I am a fan of my own podcast uh, Blue Sky account, which is deeply embarrassing, and I'm glad to share that with everyone. <laughs> Fantastic! All right, um, yeah. So the last track, as I said, is "You Are the End" by Wave Shaper. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you, Ash, and thank you, Reese. Thank you so much, Ash. I really appreciate your time and bringing this to us. Um, I don't think we would have. Uh, gotten around to this one for a really long time. Otherwise, certainly not this- for a while. Yeah. And I, and I legitimately think that it is a milestone in terms of what we talked about before of of a video game soundtrack like that existed as a movie soundtrack before. Like it's 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 a very weird like line, but I think it that is a very interesting milestone. Yeah, it it um. It definitely each song on the soundtrack is its own its own vibe, its own feeling, its mm. own moment. And uh you don't get that with a lot of other OSTs. You have like little fillers, your menu music, stuff like that. This is like a you can you can feel the game through the sound through just listening to the soundtrack. You can you can visualize those moments again because of how well linked the songs are to each narrative beat. Um 
yeah, it's a uh, it's a really good one to talk about. I'm I'm happy that I was able to bring it to you, and once again, I'm I'm yes. really happy that I was able to come on the show. Thank you so much, both of you. Absolutely. Have a good one.